Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 90, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we reach into the mailbag to answer a question, and then we review the new hotness in Coffee Traders. Hey everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. We're 10 away from 100. I know we are. 10 away Ooh, from 100. It is really We got to do something special for 100. We got to make some plans. I told yeah. you. I told you I'll get a hold of Dolly Parton. I, why do we get a hold of Dolly Parton? <laughs> She's important. She Working is. Working nine to five. Yeah. What? No, that doesn't. Okay. But I mean, she's practically, she's like American royalty. And uh, I'm sure she would like to personally congratulate I, us. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I asked her if she wants to play an 18xx game. She hasn't gotten back to uh, me. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, I'm hearing you're going to ask anybody to play an 18xx yeah. game right now, yeah, and Hopper, I mean anybody. Yes. Uh, Hopper put up in the in the Slack, Slack? chat. Yeah, he said uh, something about a, a con, local con here, and he said it's non 18xx, and I don't know if it's like literally advertised as non 18xx <laughs> or if he's just for Chad. Yeah, just throwing that in there. I think people just know <laughs> now just to make sure that I'm not interested or that they aren't including me that that's what they put at the beginning of the <laughs> Slack post. This is a non 18xx post. <laughs> so we we should really maybe punch punch if you have some ideas what you'd like to hear for the 100th episode, you know, we'll we'll have some surprises but you know yeah. Maybe they'd have something. Yeah. I don't know. And if anybody like knows. You're guaranteeing surprises. We haven't I didn't say guarantee. I said <laughs> we might have some surprises. I'm going to throw a mite in there. If you do know, uh, if you do know Dolly Parton or her publicist, you know, please shoot us an email. <laughs> shoot us an email so we can get all of her. Uh, okay. All right. Um, if we're going to go with Dolly Parton, let's go to like, I mean, like Scarlett Johansson or, you know. Hey, there's gravitas with Dolly Parton. That's all I'm saying. I mean, Scarlett Johansson, she's great. But oh, All right, Chad started using crazy words. Let's, <laughs> let's get back to board On games. On board games. All right. <laughs> board games. All right. Well, I suppose we'll start with Chad since we probably know right, what he wants to talk about. Yeah, he probably wants to talk about some 18XX. <laughs> We're going to talk about what I played recently. Um, you know, I, I will make this as quick and painless as I can for you. I found a new good teaching game for 18XX, I feel like. Okay. Um, it is called 18MS. It's put out by All Aboard Games. It's uh, it is it was designed by Mark Derrick and included in his originally 18 Dixie because it's Southern states and railroads. But the reason that it moves quickly, it's a two to four player game. That's it. I think three is its best player count. There's no bank breaking. It ends at a hard ten operating rounds. That's it. Okay. You have so a stop. How many round. hours? Oh, man, I, I, you could get it played. It, now, the first play is probably closer to three, but you could get it played in an hour and a half easily. <laughs> Add an hour onto that. <laughs> Add a couple hours. What, 18, was it 1882? Is that the one that was two to three that you advertised? And then. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. And then, then we saw like a uh, six hour Farrell game. And, and yeah. Jake Clark and they were like, never again. Chad. <laughs> that is true. Uh, that did go longer. But, uh, you know, this, I, I think 
which is really nice. It's it perfect for 10 teaching. rounds. Yeah. It okay, has a okay. set 10 rounds. All right. That's what ends it. Now there, you know, you're giving up some of the, you know, shenanigans. The other thing that's really cool though, I think anyway, to teach players is that, uh, it moves really quick. Like you move into the green phase, you know, the green lane rail phase in the second OR, first of all, and trains rust on the stock rounds, not player driven at all. So you can kind of, as a new player, you can see that coming. Okay. And then you're like, boom, okay. So right. better than Chesapeake for uh, an entry. I feel like mm. it is. Here's the okay. thing. A lot of people would argue like it doesn't have the sharp elbows because as a player, you're not driving the action as much, right? But I think it gives you time to sort of see how things intertwine and play out that way. So a little bit of just, you know, learning kind of how the system works. And then you could move into some of the ones with a, with a little more uh, interaction and stuff like that. Right. And and there are, I mean, basically you can kind of see, do I want to try to save up to get a diesel too? And there's loans in this game. So like nobody goes bankrupt either. You can take a, a loan. I haven't had to do it yet, but you can take a loan. And there's even something where if you want to buy a permanent train, if your company has a train already that hasn't rusted yet and half the money to purchase the president at any time can stop and use their their money to help fund they don't have to be like in a situation where their trains are rusted they can just upgrade okay. and so it, it kind of gives you those like baby steps or training wheels to kind of explore the mechanisms and then be able to move on to something else now that doesn't mean that it's not interesting it does mean that probably after you've played it a bunch of times you will want to move on to something with a little bit more player agency driving it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a really great uh, first step. And the people that I've taught it to really enjoyed it, and it didn't overstay its welcome. And they wanted to sit and talk about their decisions afterward. Oh, nice. So, Okay. I, I think that that's – I think it's a, it's a nice way to ease into – uh, into it for people that you feel like, oh, I'm worried about this overstaying its welcome. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the been the the glitch in our groups. So okay. I'd, okay. I'd recommend it to anybody wanting to check it out. And it's one of the cheaper ones because it's a smaller game. So I think All Aboard Games has it for fifty nine ninety nine. Mm, okay, okay. Now, do you feel like now those people that you taught this were they kind of like a oh now I would like to try a you know a meteor one? Yeah. In fact, in, yeah. In fact, Rihanna. Well. I think she just said she'd want to play it again. And that's the thing. I think it's worth, that's really how you, sh how I would recommend playing 18XX is really sit. It's not like a Euro. You got to sit and explore the title a, a few times, just back to back to back to back. Um, and then you can move on to another one, especially if it's your, one of your first 18XXs. Okay. So, nice. Yeah. That so, was my play of uh, 18MS. And so if you're, if you're XX curious, I would say check it out. <laughs> Whoa. <Ooh. laughs> He's going down the right hole. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh, Richie, what did you play? Because I want to hear about this because I, I got in a quick play of this too, but I think you've been playing it. And you have a mat for yours too. So right, I'm a nice little play mat. Yeah. Cost. It was, it was pretty. Only, yeah, it was pretty. Only a few bucks. At the, anytime now they have a play mat, I buy it. And I, I said, I'm in with you. Yeah. I, I've got a. I got a $70 mat right over there. <laughs> oh, my God. Played it, it one time. It makes a difference. I just remember a big, like, argument with Ben in the morning being on this show, sitting here going, really, no, and you're like, no, no upgrades. Well, well I don't count money, but no right. upgrades. Well, I found an upgrade that I like. Play mats are nice. It is neoprene, beautiful mats. The colors are beautiful. They look gorgeous. And, yes, so that's, hey, 
I've changed, Chad. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> There's probably people that used to listen to this podcast because all I talked about was Euros, and they're like, I'm out. This guy's way off the deep end now. Yep. You're 18XX. Richie yep. and I are Aegis team and war games, and boom. Mm. Yep. I don't even know. Probably half the people that used to listen to us don't anymore. So. Could be. Could be. Who are you? Who's listening right now? <laughs> could be. They're probably like 100 episodes. I just started listening yeah. last week. What the heck? All right. Well, Richie, tell tell everybody about the game you've All been right. Playing. So I got I got in a couple plays of Furnace, and actually I played one with Clef. Although I don't I don't know if Clef was paying attention. He was watching his Huskers lose. Oh, yeah. Well, it was Richie's in fault. Most embarrassing. It was Richie's fashion. fault. We were winning, and then Richie goes, oh, "I think you're going to win." I go, "Richie, don't jinx us." What? And they didn't like, even text. There was five wife. minutes left. Yeah, and I said that, and now I said it kind of to jinx them. I was yeah. kind of <laughs> hoping that they would lose. I'm not going to lie. And then, <laughs> and then I texted the wife that just to kind of piss her off. And, <laughs> and she was not happy with me. No. So, <laughs> so Richie, it's because Richie jinxed it. It is because Richie jinxed it. So, yes. Richie, have you been jinxing them like three other times this season as well? Uh, have I been jinxing them for the past decade? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, or are they just a terrible team? Yeah. Not terrible. Actually, you know what? Your defense is really good. Yeah, uh, they the, are really good. The defense fun to watch. is not bad. Yeah. We you just need an offense. We probably should get back to Furnace. Back, There's no back defense for your offense. <laughs> okay, tell us about Furnace. Okay, so Furnace is a little kind of engine building, auction bidding filler, honestly. It, okay. it takes about two minutes to teach the rules. Yep. Not long. If that. Uh, but basically in the game, you're going to be, uh, the game has two phases. It has the auction phase, and then it has the action phase. Is it like a Raw-style auction? <laughs> this is a lot like Raw. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so, <laughs> to us, Closer to Raw for this than whatever than the other, other game was. <laughs> game with the drunken yeah, dwarves the that you were kidnapping. <laughs> the, the first part of the game, or the first phase of an, a round uh, with the auction is my favorite part, and I think this is the most interesting part in the game. But uh, basically, you're going to have cards out, and it just depends on you know how many players are in the game. But you'll have a certain number of cards out, and at the beginning of the game, you will start with a starting building, and you'll get some starting resources. Uh, but then you're going to need to bid to kind of build out your engine that you're building in front of you. So the way that the auction works is that everyone has four bidding tiles, basically, or bidding disc or whatever. And you, you can place it anywhere that you want. The only restrictions are is that you cannot place where you already have another disc and you cannot place where that number is already present because they go one through four. And so after all the discs are out, you're going to place until all the discs are out and then you'll just go through and resolve them. But anyone who lost on the card will get compensation and it will either be resources or it will be a an action that allows you to change resources. And also the number that you put on there tells you how much you get of that resource or how many times you can do that conversion. Uh, and then the person who got the card just gets the card, no compensation. Uh, and that's it. You go through, resolve all the cards that way. And then you go into the part where for me, the game kind of falls apart, where it just gets boring. <laughs> and you get all your cards and then you can start doing your conversions. Right. And you do this on your own. Everyone does this at the same time. So the, the rounds are super fast. I think we I think we taught and played our game in 45 minutes, maybe. Maximum, yep. And that was with the distraction, the distraction. of the, the football game being on. Uh, and it's four rounds. You rinse and repeat as you go on. And, and that's it. That's Furnace. And it was fine for a little filler, but it's almost too fast. That's kind of my issue with, like, Blitzkrieg was another game that's just too fast. Like, there's things I like in it. But it's it's over so quickly that yeah. I, I don't care. That yeah. reminds me that Blitzkrieg game. You know they they're coming out with. I was wondering if Clef would get this. They're coming out with a quick filler called Caesar. 
Julius Caesar, which is oh, I'm sure you already sort of bought thing. it. Yeah, it's, it's I think it has a, it's, it's a small <laughs> one, but I think it has like a little two by two neoprene play mat. If you get in on it now, I'm so, in. Okay, uh, all right. No, I I I I can see where you're coming from. It felt like uh, so when I played it, it felt like grinding. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. auction was really interesting, and then just so felt like grinding. Like like okay, this through this through this through you know, and yeah. there there's stuff to be done there but it feels like you already made the decision in the auction and you're right. stuck with what you're what, stuck whatever with you, you have, is what you have yeah so you just gotta you and know. you can upgrade the cards and make them a little better they'll either you know give sure. you additional resources stuff like that but that's about it and then there are player powers i mean the player powers and the auction are the best part of this game in my opinion yeah well what i found interesting about the auction most auctions that you play you are looking to win right and in this one it was actually better to come in you know, second or third, because then you got the resources immediately or sometimes getting the card was just like, okay, I don't need another card that does the same thing as these are three other right, cards right. do. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that, that was definite because I had the player power that I could ignore the, um, the placement for the, the bidding placement disc. for yep. the numbers, you know, or the color, you know, so I could go on the same spot. And at first I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Or no, I think at first it said, but ties went, to the other color. And yeah, I was like, you, you would just get compensation. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that sucks. I would, you know, I'm thinking I want to win mm -hmm. the card. And then all of a sudden I realized, wow, no, that's really, really good. That's really powerful. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, the the auction is, like, it's, it's interesting, but it's done in a blink of an eye. And then everybody sits there with their head down for five minutes while they're resource converting. You don't know what's going on and, yeah. you know, you don't really care. And then all of a sudden it's back to, oh, okay, back to interesting. So the, the interesting part of that game lasts for five to six minutes, probably somewhere in the, on average, you know. Yeah, total. for a round. Yeah. And then the rest of it is just, you know, it's not a game that I'll play. You know, I would, maybe if somebody said I really want to play it because it's so quick, but otherwise I'm, mm. I'm not looking to play it. You would just go map. only play if you could get Richie's mat. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, well, I might just hang the mat on the <laughs> wall, maybe. I don't okay. know. It so, is a very pretty mat. It's a very nice mat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so to me, it felt like like the auction part. That felt like if it did at, at the at the expense of, you know, bringing up the raw joke, it did feel like that part of it felt like something that Kinesia might might uh design because sure. uh -huh. it's real bare bones and and the and there are a couple really interesting decisions that are interesting every time you play through them but yeah i would i would be interested to know because you know he always designs something that looks like a response to somebody else's game but yeah he says he never plays anybody anybody's game but his but i almost want to send him a copy of this game and see how he would design the back end of the round you know yeah, something much, yeah hopefully much better so. yeah okay yeah Yep, so that's Furnace. What Black about you? What playing? have you been playing? Well, besides a lot of coffee traders. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of coffee traders. Uh, I'm not going to talk about this, but, I mean, it's not very often. I We we, we played Fire in the Lake uh, on this past week. Oh, nice. Okay? nice. Ooh. And uh, it's the first time I've won a coin game since Ooh. Liberty or Death. I've only ever won Liberty or Death. That was my second coin game win. Wow. Very nice. So I was I was pretty excited. So, That's cool. Uh, Brent, of what course, was your said, faction. Uh, I was the Viet Cong. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'm, it was I'm, history. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. When it got done, Brent basically said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm selling this game." So I figured, yeah, if he can't beat me, he's just going to sell the game. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, I can see that. Uh, Brent literally did say he is going to sell some of his coin games. He well, he just said that there's certain ones he likes a lot, and then there's certain ones that he just he's not interested in, and he figures, you know, if he does play them, you know, he'll play them here. But I, was I like, actually oh. dropped some of my p500s just because do we really need 
four copies of Red Dust Rebellion? Do we really need four copies of China's War? And in your head right now, you're saying yes. Yes, we do. But you will have it. I will play it over here. Sure. So I, I dropped everything except for People Power because that's the kind of entry one. So I might yeah. be able to get that played at, at mm -hmm. home. And then the, well, it's not a coin game, but it's the irregular coin, the Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Yeah. And, that yeah. just looked interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. That, that's cool. Yeah, I could uh, I could totally see that because I started to look around at my coin games and and see like oh how many of these you, am I how many get could played? I sell to get and, more eighteen and I have church <laughs> yes that's true actually yeah. uh, I, I have Churchill you know and, and I have Versailles and I feel like I'm gonna play Churchill with you guys but Versailles you know I could play with some of my other friends but I don't know yeah you know, I, you know and that's an argument that uh, you know Dan made to me one because I was picking up Maria and you know he's like. We all have it. Why? You know, you're only going to play with us. But but then, but then the other day when we did come over and we were trying to decide what to play when we hit four player, they go, oh, well, let's play Frederick. And I go, well, I don't have Frederick. And then nobody brought it. And I was like, there you go. But the thing so, is, if you buy uh, Friedrich, then you that situation will never happen again. So, <laughs> that's the thing. Well, it's like Richie jinxing you. Michelle, <laughs> Michelle found me a copy of Friedrich, so I'm getting it. So okay, well, there you go. That's that. perfect. All right. <laughs> All right. So anyways, though, the game that I'm going to talk about is called Moonshine Empire. Whoa. Moonshine Empire. Uh, you heard of this is, one? No, I not haven't, at all. but I, I, it wasn't your game for sure. It was not my game. Just from yeah, the name, I can tell it was not his game. It was not my game. Our good friend Jeff, uh, he has been doing a lot of Kickstarters and finding some, you know, unique kind of games. I mean, he is the one who who uh, taught us Onk, and he is the one who, uh, there was some other big Kickstarter game that he got here recently. But anyways, uh, this is a Kickstarter game that he picked up. And like I said, it's called Moonshine Empire. And it's one of those things that, uh, you know, when he first showed it to Dan, Brent, and I, we all were like, okay, what excuse can we make up not <laughs> to play this game? <laughs> Uh, but after a, you know, six hour game of fire in the lake and we still were playing, we're like, yeah, sure. Okay. Jeff, teach it to us. So at about one o'clock in the morning, he started to teach us moonshine empire. Now the good news is not very hard to comprehend. Basically your main thing is, is you are trying to produce moonshine to give to Pappy and then Pappy gives you <laughs> teeth. For victory points? Stuff. <laughs> like victory pointy things. Yeah, so teeth are victory points. Um, <laughs> basically, you have these little miniatures that are little four-wheelers or boats or uh, what are those things that go on the water that have the big air thing in the back? Like uh, duck boats? Uh, like no. a fan boat? Yeah, yeah a fan, fan boat. boat. Okay. I don't know what those things are called. Somebody down south right now is yelling in the microphone, but I don't know what those things are called. And you are just... You have these stills that you're trying to produce. So you're trying to produce the whiskey and then you can, or the moonshine, I should say, and you have like level one or then you have level two moonshine and then level three. And then you have customers and you've got to get this to Pappy who's in the middle of this board. And you basically have to try to, you know, each, you know, the boat would move one and, you know, the airboat moved two and then the ATV could move like three, but certain things could hold more um of uh, moonshine and you're trying to get it to the middle but of course right around pappy's area you've got the cops so you got to watch out for the cops and then you got the gators you got to watch out for the gators <laughs> I knew it. okay i knew it because <laughs> the gators will drink your moonshine they won't eat the person they'll just drink the moonshine all right uh and you can pay the cops off but anyways so you're trying to do that and then um 
interestingly, when you first there's you have money and you run your you have your people that you can run your stills and make moonshine, but you can also just make money like forty bucks, seventy bucks type of things on these money making things. I don't even know how exactly you do it, but you make the money. And then there's two rounds of auctions, and in these auctions are like special upgrade powers. You know, it might be like, a, hey, your, you know, your boat now moves two spaces as opposed to just one, or your person can, uh, and your people can actually even jump out and move or whatever. So this would be like your person can swim and move two spaces. You know, different things like that, because the whole thing is, is you're you have so much, you can move like every one of your people on a turn. But so you're trying to as much as you can go as fast as you can so that you can get to the middle. And then that way you can like restart and go back and, and do it again type of thing. So, so these, this auction was really interesting in the fact that it was a closed fist auction where either you just reveal how much money and in the, there would be the first one and everybody was eligible to get a card. Whoever had the most obviously got their pick and so on. But if you bid nothing, you could still get a card in the first round. However, then in the next auction, there were only, you only put out as many cards as the people who actually bid money. So like, for instance, if two people didn't bid money in the first round, then only two cards would come up for the next. Now they were still eligible, but then it was like, Ooh, like, so if there was a really good card, yeah, Yeah, it was a very interesting Mm -hmm. part. So the other parts were, you know, I mean, basically, like I said, you're just trying to get the moonshine there. I'm going to say it was okay. It's not a game I'm going to own or play again. But it was okay for a, for a one play, middle of the night. You know, we were all very, you know, just having a good time. Type yeah, of thing, I would you say know? this would be the kind of game that you could kind of play, you know, play and get into, and you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, we were having a blast. We were, you know, doing some some, you know, de- you know, Bayou type of accents, you know, and just <laughs> oh, gotta get to Pap, you know, just yeah, trying yeah. to, you know, Boys nothing bad, Bayou. but just yeah, <laughs> right. you know what I'm hey, saying. You he know, did uh, win the high school acting right, award. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah, that's that's very true. I would like to. <laughs> uh, anyways, I would have enjoyed that beer, beer and pretzel type of fun sure. game. Game, just yeah. had a good time playing it but but for mechanics wise there was something there and i i would like to see that would be an interesting thing and you know something maybe i'd like to see something a little heavier that had that yeah style of auction where you know the cards got reduced or something I like that. yeah because yeah, you, you got a so, bunch of cash so yeah you put a little pressure on the, the cards by bidding yeah. zero the first yeah. time exactly and so then, yeah. and then something else really good comes out you know and there was i mean some of the upgrades were much much better than some of the others so i mean there were certainly mm-hmm. ones that you were after so that was Moonshine Empire. It's by Jason Mack and Caleb Zwar, uh, published by Barrel Aged Games, which I would assume is probably whatever the Kickstarter of their own company or whatever. Right, I one of their first, them, so. first ones, yeah, maybe. So, nice, cool. But yeah, so if that theme interests you, I mean, it was fun. It was a good time. Not a bad game to check out for Moonshine Empire. Right on. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. And uh, Chad, you got a little Kickstarter corner to talk about. Yeah, this is just one that I'm I'm curious about. It just came out uh, the other day, but we've been hearing a lot about it in prep for it to be released. Uh, we all know about Mind Clash. Mind Clash is the publisher of one of Clef's favorite, favorite games, games. Now, yeah. <laughs> Tricarion. So, so uh, yeah. I like that game. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> game. Um, so, anyway, this as of this recording, we'll have... 10 days or so when this episode drops, but this is Voidfall. 
Uh, Voidfall, again, is from Mind Clash Games, and um, it is designed by Nigel Buckle and David Turchi. Uh, I love that name, by the way, Nigel Buckle. It sounds like a like a sort of a secondary Dickens character. But um, <laughs> anyway, they just did uh, Imperium Classics and Legends deck builder. Really kind of a deep dive deck building type game that I'd, I, I'm curious about and I'd like to try out. But anyway, this is Voidfall. So what if I told you guys... This game could fix some of the problems that you had with Eclipse in that there's not any of that randomness. It's very deterministic, but yet you have five different economies you're managing, you're you're upgrading technologies. I mean, this is a big this is a big drop, a big board and lots of dials and all that kind of stuff that this is huge but you know that that's par for the course with Mind Clash. But this looks really interesting cuz it looks like it's trying to do Eclipse but with deterministic outcomes in combat and stuff like that, where you don't have the randomness of just flipping a chit and seeing that you got this technology versus another one or certain I, things like that. I, I will say I'm very excited for you to kickstart it so I can play it. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, right there. And what if I said that this uh, new and improved Eclipse-style gameplay has art uh, that is like uh, Black Angel? I mean, that was the best part of that game, that right? That was the best part of the game. That's yeah. true. But so, I, do we, I, I don't I'm, know if I want anything that reminds me of Black Angel. <laughs> I definitely don't. But, uh. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So anyway, Ian O'Toole is doing the art, and it looks really amazing. And it, it, uh, it is... Can I ask a question? Yes. Is there a play map? Uh, I don't know yet. I'm uh, out. I'm that out. could be... Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I would... I would Advise our listeners who haven't already looked at it to definitely check it out. It looks very interesting. It's got a competitive mode, a cooperative mode, a solo mode. Sometimes that means that there's uh, almost too many things going on. But this this seems interesting. One a to four cooperative players. mode, a solo mode, and it's one to four players? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So anyway, grand scale 4X with a Euro spin, it says. Uh, what is the price tag on this game? Yeah, so here's here it is. Uh, the standard box components are about uh, because we're in the U.S. So I'm going to quote the the um, dollars. It's about eighty seven dollars, and that's eighty seven dollars for the standard. Okay, uh, it's about normal for a Kickstarter nowadays. Okay, yeah. if you get the Galactic box components, and I don't know what all that includes, but it's one hundred and fifty eight dollars. But look at these upgraded components, though. I mean, Ooh, if you do look, like you minis, nice. woo, they are pretty. What? What? Those are minis? Yeah, if they're, they're mini ships, like on little stands and stuff. So oh, like, like kind of Twilight Imperium kind of or, type stuff, you know. Not seeing a play map. Uh, a play I don't map. see any yet, but uh, man, there's layered, triple layered player boards. Um, yeah. Oh, look at those. There's like corruption markers that sit on your die, like little 3D. Nothing like radio when you say, hey, look at that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so thanks. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, I, I, I'd recommend, you know, go ahead and check it out. Man, there's some really beautiful stuff. If you like the bling, there's I mean, some really beautiful hey, stuff. I mean, Mind Clash, they, obviously, Anachrony is, is, is a good game, a very, very good game. And Tricarion, I think, is, yeah. is, you know, I mean, I think both of them are, I wish there was just a little bit more development. I still wish Tricarion just had a little something, little something different, and I think it would be a top ten game for me. But anyways, um, so that's Voidfall. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Voidfall. So something to check out. Hey, Punch Bunch. 
Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3dbitspace at etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. Well, we would, we've been remiss. We missed uh, one of the corners, I think, of the mailbag here. Uh, we got this oh, mailbag That's question. a dusty yeah. one right I know. It's a, yeah. yeah. It's, got, it's got Dan's teeth prints on it, so I think he just was, he was gnawing he on, on, on it. Really. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. No wonder we didn't want to grab it. It's kind of soggy okay. in that corner. Okay, <laughs> we're going well, to gnaw marks and all. We're going to get to it. Yeah, we'll yeah. get to it. All, all right. right. All right, so we got a question from Timothy Ball, and he is asking, and he has a he keeps his collection at about twenty games, and he Ooh, wants to know. Nice. Okay, so not including the games you review, is there a limit for you guys on games that you keep, or out of the, your big collection have in high rotation, and what is the reason for that limit? Taste, rules retention, or something else? Uh, so actually, I mean, Clef. Actually, you know what? I want to know Chad because Chad. Every time we say a game, Chad owns it. And it's a game that I don't think that he would own, but he owns it anyways. Okay. So I want to know what the limit is in the house and all that stuff. I, I don't know if there's a hard limit. There's a space limit where I can tell it's getting out of control. But I will say, in response to Tim's question, I really like what he had to say. So he specifically said the reason that 20 was it for him was because he liked knowing the rules and having strategies, which that's pretty cool because if you think about it, right uh, – I mean, if you want somebody to come over to your house and say, okay, pick, you know, we can't really do that that easily. We go, ooh, I'll have to, I can't anyway. Ooh, I'll have to look at the rules on this one. I'll have to. I don't know what you're talking about, Vasco da Gama. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking I, about. I still do that. And then after Let's, about 15 games, you're like, you know what? I'll pick. Yeah, let, yeah. let me tell you which one I pick. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, well, Clef, maybe that that might dovetail nicely with our rules uh, uh, overview for our review today. But uh, so, no, you know, I. I have a whole huge, in the basement, I have uh, two of these tables put together that have games about five high covering the tables. And that's all stuff that's going out. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, and so I'm I'm really trying to, to cut down and say, do I need this? The thing that I've fallen into in the past is I run into, oh, man, I don't play this often, but if so-and-so ever comes over, this is the perfect game for that person or that moment. And that tricks me into keeping more stuff than I should to be honest just to have just to have the right game for the right moment almost if, as if you're like pairing you know pairing wines with food or something like that if that mm -hmm. makes any sense mm -hmm. so no, sometimes yeah. that tricks me into having more than I should right. but that's been the the tough thing for me what about you guys I'm, I'm kind of a little bit in the same boat where space has a little bit I have some shelves obviously that are right behind me here that I kind of I've been trying to keep it to that amount in those mm -hmm. shelves. So if I bring in more games, I kind of feel like, okay, now I got to get rid of some other games, you know? So like, uh, you know, early tonight, Richie's like, Oh man, this is on the shelf self now. And it's like, kind of like, it's not that I necessarily want to, but you know, I want to keep down a little bit, but I like the fact, you know, that what Timothy said, it would be really nice to be like any game you pick. I can, teach you that game and right now that is and i think i would be that'd be really interesting i really would actually like to look over at my gaming collection 
and wonder how many of those games could I teach? Now, I mean, you know, I'd have to look at setup or whatever. I'm not saying completely without a rule book, but not have to go give me time to reread right. this rule book, you know, Vasco da Gama wise. Right. I, so. I'm just picturing like, I'm just picturing this situation of like, you know, Aunt Susie coming over to your house. Okay, Aunt Susie, which coin game would you like to play? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's be honest right now. There's still a couple of coin games that I'm going to be like, uh, I mean, we're just going to have to yeah, wing it. The, yeah, sure. Like all bridges sure. burning. I would still, you know, and I've, I've done that so many times, but it's been so long now. I'm going to forget exactly, you know, what, what that is. So that that's where that could be a little rough, but, um, but I don't have a hard limit necessarily. I just try to keep, you know, a rotation going. So what about you, Richie? I'm the same way. I, I have uh, six shelves in my office area and though that's where I keep my games at. So if it can't fit there, then something else has to go. And that, I mean, that ends up being like around the, like 340, 350 mark. As far yeah. as games go, that's where I kind of hover around. As far as like games I could just, and it would be nice just to be like, pick a game and we can play it. Uh, but it's also nice to have a wall of games as well. You know, if you get the right person, you might just be able to just bust out the rule book and just yeah, sit there and play it, which sometimes I don't mind doing that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good, good question. I, I've thought in my head like I could get down to 200, but there's just so many games that you would have to cut. I know. That... I know. It's tough, yeah. especially with Knox, because I just taught Knox King of Tokyo, yeah. and I haven't played King of Tokyo since 2014, Yeah, and I've kept it that entire time just to play with Knox. Sure. And, and he and loves it. He yeah. loves it. Sure. Loves it. He taught, nice. uh, my my parents were in town this past week. He taught his grandfather, and nice. it was it was worth hanging on to it there for that. There you go. Yeah. There, there's the reason. See? I don't have any young children, so I don't know what my reason is. <laughs> I'll still hang on to something. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Great question. Yes, Timothy. thank you, Timothy. We, we apologize that it got, you know, yeah, that Dan know. was gnawing on it yeah, for a little bit, but a little bit, we but found yeah, it. We got there. We got there. <laughs> well, hey, speaking of uh, people that are uh, great supporters and important to the podcast, we should talk about, uh, we should mention we have a new patron this month, right? We do. Yeah. Jeffrey Frost, thanks so much for your contribution to uh, the Punchboard Paradise Patreon. We really appreciate it. And we know that not everybody can can do that, but we appreciate those who do. And we even appreciate reviews and tweets and follows and just talking to your friends about the podcast, too. That's that's as important to us as well. So we know that um, we're just lucky to be able to, to do this and have the have the following that we do have. So thank you so much. And thanks, Jeffrey. Smell that? Uh, smells like cat poop. Smells like cat poop. <laughs> I better yeah, grind some of them beans up and drink it. <laughs> Arabica. Arabica cat poop. All right, everybody. It's time to talk about our featured review, Coffee Traders, from Andre Spiel and Ralph Segal, from Capstone, published by Capstone Games. Coffee Traders is a three to five player game uh, played over three rounds with six phases each. It's going to take you approximately two to three hours to play. And the objective is to score the most victory points. Um, so like I said, it's three rounds. It's going to be played over six phases. The board is a large uh, area that has five, what they call cooperatives that are from different countries that are making coffee beans that they are then obviously selling to the, you know, kind of to the international market type of thing. In the game, in the first phase is an action f selection phase where everybody has 
the same actions on their board. You will go around in turn order and choose one of those uh, basically five different actions. And then um, as soon as everybody is run out of their, their action selection, um, then we will, they'll move on to phase two. The main thing that you're doing in that action selection is building up your cooperatives by adding new plantations to uh, a cooperative uh, by either or, or entering one with a new one or building new on uh, or additional ones, I should say, onto existing cooperatives. So that is basically what you're doing there. And then also placing uh, workers onto those plantations so that you can get the coffee. In uh, phase two is basically a really quick phase where you simply are placing out additional workers onto plantations that don't have anybody. And then you move into phase three, which is where you are going to be sending uh, your traders. I know when I'm saying traders is like a trader for uh, like, you know, I'll trade you this for that type of person or contractors. Uh, the traders are going to go to warehouses to be able to get beans from those cooperatives. And the contractors are going to go on to building spots to build different buildings, either in the cooperatives or build an additional warehouses on your board so that you can store more. The unique thing about phase three is when you do one of these actions, every person in turn order then has an opportunity to piggyback on the action you just did by either placing a worker in the, or a trader, excuse me, into the warehouses, or if they build a building, they can piggyback and build a building in the same area or a warehouse if it's on the warehouse on your player board. So they kind of have an option to piggyback. Then you go into phase four, which is basically where you just uh, harvest the coffee. So everybody, and there's just a formula for the coffee that you get. And then in phase five is opportunity to complete either contracts which you, you know, just have different coffees that you uh, sell to make these, to do these contracts. Uh, or you can deliver to what's called the coffee bar, which is just a bunch of different spots that just take a little coffee where you go and you put your beans up there and then that will get you some money and then some victory points at the end of the game. Um, then at the end of phase six is just a little bit of a refresh phase. And like I said, you're going to kind of repeat that over three rounds. At the end of the game, you're going to score points for a lot of different things. So built buildings that you, you know, buildings that you built off your player board, contracts that you completed off your player board. Um, then, like I said, the coffee bar has points that you'll get for certain spots that you go. Plus, there's also a majority. So whoever has the most and second most in those rows. There's also some milestones that you can go for. And then one of the biggest ways to make points is at the end of the game is a most quality value. So, and this, this uh, is where you put your cooperatives, uh, these uh, plantations, I should say, in these cooperatives, and then your buildings are each worth certain values and you add them up and whoever has the most will score the most points and then second most second, you know, get, uh, gets half of that and so on. So you score a lot of points there. Um, at that point, you add up all the points and the person with the most points wins the game. I mean, there's a lot there is a lot going on with this game. Yeah, uh, so much so that I think it's easy to miss certain things your first couple times through. I mean, we even were taught this game uh, online on Tabletop Simulator bef uh, before it released. Right. Uh, and and the person that taught us, who was very familiar with the game, missed, missed a couple of yeah, rules. Uh, a, a lot of little rules. I, I mean, I, I am flat honest when I say 
possibly tonight we might have played with the right rules for the for about the fifth time that I've played this game because there's just little bitty things that you're just like, oh, and then, and I, I'm still not sure because of some of the rules. I'm still like, uh, I think that's right. Like yeah, there's that. A few things that the rule book does not yeah. call out. Yeah, not or not very specific on. Um, I mean, I guess we're just starting in on the rule book because we just started talking sure. about this. They did the rule book kind of in this new, like, here, let's make it act like it's a coffee manual or something that you would get back in the day, like a handbook. So it looks like it's got a little spiral binder on it. So it's a real small, uh, you know, binder or rule book, I should say. Yeah. As opposed to a nice full color rule book that, you know, would have examples and different stuff. I mean, there's, I'm, there's not, there's examples, but they're just written and you don't really get a lot of, it looks like a manual. Yeah. So, I mean, imagine if you work somewhere and they gave you the manual and said, learn how to do your job. Right. That would be, terrible. that's what this is. And it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying the rule book is bad. It's just, there's so much information. I just wish it was a regular sized rule book. That's, that's what I'll say about it. Yeah, I can understand that. It just makes it a little bit harder to parse. Now, on the positive side, because we're we're into talking about one of our four four or five cornerstones that we usually get into for review. So we're talking about production uh, and and looks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this is man, it's it's a beautiful game. It's super beguiling. I think you know, it's just one of those. You know, I, you, if you're uh, one of the player colors, you have like little shiny purple or little shiny blue coffee beans to mark certain things on the board it looks really great i think i mean you got it all in this i mean you got some plastic bits you got some wooden bits you got some you know uh cardboard bits i mean you got the full allotment the coins are nice coins i mean these these yeah, they're smaller but they have some heft charter to stone them. yeah they mm-hmm. rival charter stone for coins um yeah i mean it's a table hog. I mean, the five-player game I played of it, I mean, there was barely enough room for, because not only is the board humongous, but the your own player mat thing is really big also. It is. It is very big. It's it's like uh, it's like Dracarion big when you start adding on helpers yeah. and stuff to your yeah. own player board. It's yeah. that big. It's giant. Um, the iconography, there's a lot. Yeah, it's a little bit, especially when you first look at it. It is definitely yeah. busy. I mm-hmm. think it's pretty good, though. I mean, I really enjoy, I want to say, uh, even the hues that they use for colors and stuff. And I, I, I'm not a an expert on colorblindness stuff, but I would imagine that this is past the, the colorblindness test. And the, the hues that they use for the board and the iconography. Uh, so the artwork is uh, by Dan, uh, Par- Dan Paradon. Oh, excuse me. Dan Van Paradon and John Rabu. And... In my opinion, like it feels like to me, if you can't get Ian O'Toole, get Dan Van Perendon. He's done a pretty good <laughs> job, in my opinion, with some of the other capstone titles. And I feel like this is a really great example of his. And I love so I love that the the iconography for piggyback action actually has a little person piggybacked on yeah, somebody. Yeah, that's else. definitely it's one so of the funny. best. Yeah. No, it looks great. It's just when you first pull up to this game, it's overwhelming. The amount of stuff, especially when you look at your your player mat, stuff like that. It's overwhelming, but I will say once you get going, everything kind of clears up for you as you go. Sure. You know, which I mean, it, which is most Euro games. If you see something that's really busy, it, it, I'm just if you get this game, just be prepared. You're going to need a lot of table space to put it out mm. there. So that's that's for sure. So how about gameplay? This, this is tough. 
I told Richie earlier today, I, I still I still don't know what I'm going to rate this game at this moment, <laughs> uh, which is, you know, not usual. I have really gone back and forth on this game where there's moments where I think it is a very blase Euro game. Not a lot of, I mean, there's player interaction, but yet not anything that's, you know, like major, maybe beating some people to some, certain things and some tracks and stuff, but you know, that's not, well, as we talk about, it's not necessarily uh, player interaction, but then I say for what it's doing, I mean, it's, there's a lot of interlocking parts that you really, you know, that I like, you know, it's like, okay, well, I got to try to do this, to do this, to move up this track, you know, and then do this, you know, so there's a lot of things there. So I find myself enjoying it while I'm playing it. Yeah, I would say some of the mechanisms themselves probably might feel forgettable, but when you when you put them together in the game experience as you're playing it, it's it's engaging. And le- and let's talk for a second about about player the points where there are player interaction so people can decide if that's what they like. So there is the the plantations where you're setting them down in a in a five player game. It's pretty easy to cut somebody off as they're trying to build up. Well, we even area. did it a couple of times on a four player game tonight. I yeah. mean, I was blocked off on a couple of spots. Yes, yes. But is that really a big deal? I, it doesn't seem like it. No, that's what I that's I what say, I was trying there to get were, at. I think three plantations where I really didn't do anything. Yeah. But you can still get coffee out of those, you know, during the next phase stuff like that. It's you can pivot so your game yeah. isn't lost. It's not like you, you've been splattered with something like this. No, 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 not even close. Right, but there are times, I mean, as far as for the area control part, yes, it does matter for you to get your plantations in. Right. But if you are doing other things, going after my, there's so much to do in the game that you can easily recover right. if yeah, someone cuts you off I, somewhere. I didn't find that, yeah, to be any, like, oh, my God, the worst thing or something, like it could be in certain games. Now, on the positive side of the board, I will say for people that like games where I choose a strategy and you choose a different strategy, even though we sometimes bump up against each other. This is a good game for that. I feel like, like you you guys went, I, I, our last play, I didn't do hardly any coffee bar, uh, for example. And, and, uh, I, I didn't uh, even. I think, I think I'm going to disagree with you. A, I, I don't. The coffee bar is a waste. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. We did the coffee bar because we had to do the coffee bar. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> you, you, yeah. I if I could have finished it, yeah. my last contract, mm-hmm. I would have done that. And you way, did. And you I finished mean, I all think your you contracts. You did like yeah. what? Two coffee bars being yeah, out there? I just maybe did two coffee bars. Something like things. that. And you ran away with the game because you were, you know, so I, I ran away with it. Maybe like 15 points or something. 20 points or something like that. 25 points. Close to 20. Yeah. I mean, you were certainly far in the lead. Um, so I'm not sure that it's, I think there is definitely a strategy of con- contracts and trying to get area majorities out there is where you really got to go. And push up on those tracks. Well, well and that's yes, the yes, thing too. Yeah. You can't push, but I, I, I was steady and I didn't like zoom up any of them. I just kind of moved them all up and a couple of them to a good amount, but not real far. I didn't have, you know, the best in, and any, whereas all you guys had at least one where you were at the end, I think, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and one thing I guess I didn't, I didn't talk about in the overview is there is a track called the Arabica track. Right. Okay. And anytime you, well, not anytime, but there are certain actions that you do that will move you up on these five different cooperative tracks. And as you move up them, 
they will get you certain bonuses. Like, you know, they'll get you a coin or maybe a donkey that you use for transportation. But um, eventually, if you get towards the end of them, they'll give you points. And I mean, like it was six and 10, you know, and then another four. So I could give you 10 points. Um, and you ended up like in three of the, the, the six pointer ones. So, you know, and I think you ended up with like 25, 25 points yeah. or something from that track. So it's very important. I think for that track to and, be out there and your yes. contracts. And, and the way to move up on the track generally is to do actions out on the plantations on the board. Right, exactly. So, so that, that's how they're linked together. Yeah. Of thing. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I felt like turn order ever mattered that much. It wasn't like, a, oh, I really want to be first at any point. A turn order only seemed to matter to me with some of the fulfillment stuff because one thing that I didn't enjoy about the game was there's this side of your player board where you're it's it's set collection and you're putting these chits down with different symbols and different colors but if you have a chit that has the same symbol and the same color you have to stack it up on something basically for that and in that way you have to stack it up on the same one and so for that basically you're not getting uh what's optimum and yeah and that and that was screwing you over early yeah i mean in the end I mean, I think I did the best on that track, and I, I mean, I still was only got four more points than you. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it worked out for you. But, yeah, I would agree that, especially with how hard it is to complete some contracts, that the randomness of your reward, essentially, is not great. You know, you, you have a reward on the board, but getting to move up those tracks is important, and just randomly getting a track does not seem that great. Well, and the fact that, like, those little chits, there's, three of them in a four-player game, for instance. Mm. And so if I had gone last in one point, I knew that I was going to miss it. I knew that I was right. going to miss out on yeah. getting a chit mm. at all, much less one that was, like, the same. And so not getting that chit, I don't think I would get to move up then as well because you still right. get to move up on yeah. the tracks, the mm. Arabica tracks, by getting those chits. So, you know, that part I didn't enjoy as much. But it certainly is a thing where player order can matter in that way but maybe not as much in some of uh, the designer's other games. For sure. The other thing that I'll say about this game, okay, is it's, you think three rounds, not going to take you, I mean, you would think it's going to go quicker with just three rounds, but in these six phases, usually when you have a, a round that has six phases in it, you might have one or two of the phases be maybe longer and the others are kind of quick or whatever. In this one, you have three phases that each take a long time because you do the actions to start with. It takes a while. Then you do the traders and you kind of got to make decisions there. And that takes a while. And then when you get to the contracts, you know, everybody has to take a while because you really have to decide, okay, well, if I do this contract, then I'm going to have enough left over for, you know, maybe to go to the coffee bar or do I have enough left over to do another contract? I mean, there's just a lot. Just be prepared. You're going to have some AP in this game. Well, I always, and, and I, I think it's generally forgivable in this game, but I I feel like there's enough going on that it doesn't feel long. But at the same time, I will say that when we start when we start this game, whenever we start this game, we, we finish the first round, I'm like, wow, we only got two more rounds to go. And then by the <laughs> end, I'm like, okay, yeah, that was yep. about that was about what I thought. Did, was it you that said, who's somebody yeah. said, yeah, where you're yeah. like, oh, man, we're almost done. It was like, because we were done with like one round yeah. and then like, 
three hours later. <laughs> oh, <But> okay. <laughs> the important thing to note too is part of the reason it's that long is essentially your action action phase with the cubes that you're placing for actions and your trader phase are basically like two worker placement phases in the same round. And so, I mean, if you think about that, that going around the table for each of those things, yeah. piggybacking or mm -hmm. no, that's that's a lot. That's a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in this way, you talked about interlocking mechanisms. In this way, it's sort of maybe Lacerda-esque. You know, it's like all these different things that interlock yeah, together. I never thought about that, but it is kind of. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that. the coffee bar is like very directly much like, yeah, like uh, the Gallers. Track. Yeah. Yeah, or Gallers. Yeah, yeah, that's those type of tracks. Yeah. I, I'm going to. Here's the one thing else that I'll say. I'm not you know what, I'm going to save that for my final thoughts. So I'm okay. going to okay, move okay. on from that. So let's move on to uh, let's move on to player count. And so I got in all three player counts and I'm not really going to say one is better than the other. Okay. Um, you know, yes, definitely in a five player for one thing, the end of a game in a five player, the board looks amazing because just all five, everything is just full and big and just every, the coffee bar has got, you know, 50 beans over there. You know, it's, it's, it looks beautiful. All right. But I don't know if I feel like five players added enough to the gameplay for me to say, because obviously you might as well add on an extra good 45 minutes for another player. I felt just as good playing a four player game. Mm. I think maybe four would I maybe I would say would be the sweet spot. Okay. okay. You can still get some blocking with a four, but yeah. it's not quite as tight. And and I don't know why. And obviously, you know, I'm not a game designer. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm not a game designer. Okay. <laughs> I, for some reason, in a four-player game, you get an extra action cube. You don't get it in the three-player, and you don't get it in the five-player. But in the four-player, you get an extra action cube. Hmm. And I don't know why. Maybe Andre or Rolf can give me a call. They can let me know. What, I, no? Probably not. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably have a, we probably have a better chance with uh, Dolly Parton. Uh, <laughs> so... Richie, I think you just got four players. Yeah, all yeah, my games so. were at four players. Chad, you got a three and a four. Did you right. did you feel like either one? I was definitely different? liked it more with four. I okay. liked the board being tighter, and I mm. didn't feel like me to me personally, it lasted much longer. That's probably because the three player game we had we were learning a little bit more. But everybody that was playing in the four player games that I played had already learned the game, so that made gotcha. it probably feel quicker no i just figured it out now it is like a lacerda game that's chad's undefeated in this game and that's why <laughs> i can't beat him in a lacerda type of game he just beats me every that is time. true that's that's there you go so <laughs> that's funny i didn't even think about that uh um it does have a two-player variant that it's an actual you know piece of paper or something i i didn't read it i don't know what it is but there is an actual variant that they put in the in the box. So if this is something that you would you think, well, I'm only ever going to play it two player, it's there. I apologize, I didn't get to it. I started to read it. it sounded like some some sort of dummy player type of uh, things going on. Uh, but the box officially says three to five players. So it's uh, it's not a you know anything that they actually which I, so. I appreciate that they do I that did rather than that putting too. two on yep. the box when it's not really when it's not really made for that and that's why yeah. i didn't play it because i figured well the box doesn't say it so i'm not going to yeah. worry about playing it at that yeah but just if that's something you're interested definitely no solo mode or anything so it's just a straight up i have to have people for this one so okay uh replayability variability 
Richie, what is what's your thoughts on those? Variability. I mean, I guess you have the milestones that will change every game. Sure. But that's, that's about it. it. That's it. All right. That nothing else is changing. Nope. Uh, so not great. I would definitely say not great. And my my games felt relatively the same for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's going to take a hit for me on replayability because it it did feel very samey pretty quickly. Yeah. Like okay, okay, Chad. What about you? It didn't. Uh, it didn't bother me. The fact that it did feel the same, I, I, like I said, even though I look up and it and you know three hours or so go by with this game, it doesn't feel like it much when I'm doing it, and I don't feel like I get real impatient with the, the players at the table when they're making decisions. Uh, so that's a bonus for this game. I I do think that the gameplay is going to feel the same, you know, uh, because you're. You're just going for different milestones, but you have your targets out there and you're going for majorities. It's just going to be how you, you know, how you interact with players around the board and what, what sort of comes up and comes out for you. So yeah, not, not, not real high variability. I would still certainly replay the game though. So I wouldn't say I'm done with replayability. Um, Variability is very low. I mean, as, as you said, I mean, there's different milestones, but I think there's only nine milestones mm. and so you're really only changing out you know so and there's a b and c so you're only going to get a mixture of three of those uh which is not a lot but you know after my fifth play there there is nothing you know like i may try to do different strategies but there is nothing different about the game it's still just about getting the coffee doing the actions to build up type of thing uh, so variability is very low I would say replayability is medium because there is so much going on. You can certainly just try a little bit, even since, you know, we've kind of talked about you still have to do the main things, but there's still some differences that maybe you can try or just, you know, just it's such a complicated, you know, game of what you're doing that, you know, you can make it. It it feels different, I guess, just with the replayability. Um, Was there anything else? We're ready to wrap a bow on this sucker. Yeah, I, I think we uh, we can talk more in final thoughts about you know how we feel this compares because yeah. I know I know that that's some thoughts. But well, yeah, we, let's, I mean, let's we can obviously these are the designers of Wildcatters. Maybe that should be something we we didn't really mention, but uh, and Wildcatters is certainly a favorite uh, in on this table. And I know a lot of the punch punch. Uh, you know, this is obviously uh, one of Ben Coverley's favorite games and. Uh, just want to remind everybody that uh, I beat Richie and, and Ben and uh, Jake and Wildcatters last time we played together. <laughs> uh, but it was an amazing game. It was one point win. It a was one a one win. point win. It was it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. So they did Wildcatters. So obviously this was something we were kind of looking forward to because you know same designers type of thing. And there are certainly aspects that I feel in this game of the Wildcatters. The quality value of the five cooperatives feels the same as the majorities that you put the cubes down on, you know, in Wildcatters. Mm-hmm. So it has that same type of feeling. Down Very there at procedural. the bottom of the board where yes. you're, yeah, okay. Oh, and, oh, yes, Very Richie, procedural. you nailed it. I mean, this game is procedural. You got to go this boom, 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 boom for these procedures. And the same as Wildcatters, you know, you've got it very procedural. The difference, obviously, in Wildcatters is the player interaction of trying to stick somebody with a loan because they can't pay you their shares is what makes Wildcatters so fun. And that was what was missing in this game. There was no, well, let's, 
let's let's okay. get the scale and then. Oh, okay. Well, I was just talking in general. Okay, still. just talking, I was just talking okay, in general. Right. I was still just saying that's one little thing that's missing. All right, let's let's wrap a bow on this sucker and we'll we'll finish our final thoughts. So, Richie, give us that good old punchboard scale. Okay, so punchboard paradise. We rate on a six point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time. Clef, why don't you just keep going? Well, I just have been talking a lot, so I might as well just keep talking. <laughs> um, so, I mean, on that thought, you know, where Wildcatters is, you know, pretty much almost a top 10 game for me that I love that. I love that player interaction. I love that trying to see what you can do. I mean, not only do you have the auction for the Wildcatters, but I mean, your stock is so there's just so much. And I'm not going to talk a lot about Wildcatters, but so going to this and finding that there wasn't that player interaction where I was necessarily felt like I was affecting. And I'm not saying they got to make another Wildcatters. You know, they, they, this is a very, very solid Euro game. But there's somebody who, you know, who I, uh, you know, respect very much. And he said this one time to me, and this is, uh, you guys have heard of Edward from Heavy Cardboard, I'm assuming. Um, he said to me one time, a game has to have something new and different or do something very, very special to make it a good game. And I don't think Coffee Traders does anything unique and I don't think it does anything super special. I feel like this is a, you know, a bunch of really good mechanisms, you know, that are kind of put together similar to a Lacerda kind of game, but I don't feel like it does anything special. So in that terms for me, and I, I hate to do this, but I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a three. And I, you know, I feel like maybe, you know, and I said I was struggling with this all day, but when I sat there and I just was, was trying to decide between a three and four, I think I got to be honest and I, and I got to give it a three. I still think if you like Lacerda type games, I think this would be one that you should play. I'll say that. I think that you probably will at least enjoy some aspects of it. But for me and the style of games that I want to play, yeah, I'm, I'm going to come in at a three. All right? All right. Chad? Well, the more that we talk about it, and I didn't come in here planning to compare it, but I feel like if there were benchmarks, maybe, and who knows, I'm not in the head of the publishers or the designers, but I feel like when the publisher got this game, they were kind of like, this is this is our Lacerda. This is our Eagle Griffin deluxe packaging. This is our game like that. And I feel like that's the way it's sort of being sold. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of similarities that I can see with that. For me, uh, one of the reasons I enjoy Lacerda is not just the interlocking mechanisms, but the way he uses them to approach a theme. And I feel like some of that some of that was done with this game, but just not quite as much. Obviously, I love so I love the poop cats that they talk about. Um, you know, the these cats, and and unfortunately, the rule book is great in that it it lets you know a lot about coffee. It's also very responsible. I feel like because it does talk about the Kopi Luwak cats and that the animal rights for them have been really poor. So you know, if you actually do purchase this coffee. You know, you should be aware that there are horrible conditions for these civet cats. But the what we're talking about is the Kopi Luwak cats uh, eat these coffee cherry beans and then um, extract them from the... They're fermented in their gut and then they extract them with from the excrement of these cats and wash and roast them. You know, and so 
those are the wild beans in the game and you use those to fulfill contracts and they can be pretty valuable. A side note, it just makes me kind of wonder, like, if somebody was just like, you know, following different animals around, washing their crap off, and going, "Nope, not that one." Uh, let's go. That's, nope. Yeah, no, we were talking that about one. that. How did they find that out? Who was well, the first to say, "Let's do this"? Yeah. Well, through throughout time, there's been a lot of desperate people <laughs> who need something to eat or drink. I guess. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I. I I do. I did enjoy my plays of this. I'm not sad that that I don't own this game. That it, that it is clefs, and I don't think I'll say, "Oh, you know, let's let's play this again." I'm I'm ha- perfectly happy if somebody wants to put it out on the table. Uh, it's not such that I I really what I get from it, uh, the interlocking mechanisms and and sort of blocking people out, the player interaction. It's not something that I need from it so i'm gonna come in at a high three with this i think too it's fair to say that the price influences this too because you know i think about what i'd want to hear as a consumer and yes it is like an eagle griffin game but it's 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 an expensive it's an expensive game now uh, you can see online and on our pictures and on our social media it's top notch you're you're getting really beautiful stuff but you know you just have to consider if that's the decision for you so for me, I'm going to give Coffee Traders a high three. I definitely play it if somebody wants to play it again, but I'm not going to seek it out. Okay. How about you, Richie? All right. Well, I'm going to repeat a lot of things that were said, uh, but I love Wildcatters. Um, now, our first player, Wildcatters, wasn't that great because it was kind of procedural. It was a little mm-hmm. opaque as far as what the strategy was and stuff okay. like that. So um, and I kind of felt the same way with this as mm-hmm. far as – and it could possibly be just – that the teach is long because there's just so many little rules that you have to get down. And by the time you get down to the end of the teach, you've forgotten the first half of the teach. Absolutely. And so then you're just kind of pulling levers, which I'm fine with in a game. Uh, But overall for me, there's nothing in here that's new or special. So it's, it's a solid game. It has a bunch of mechanisms in there that work well together. Uh, this one, there may be a couple of things that just kind of feel a little tacked on. the um, That sidetrack where you're trying to get the different tokens to, to move up that track just seems, it doesn't seem necessary. It right. just seems like it was just kind of tacked on there. The price for me is kind of an issue as well because there, there are things in here that remind me of Wildcatters. And you can get Wildcatters probably like 40, 50 bucks half the price of this the production like chad said you this is a hundred dollar game as far as what's in there you know just components wise uh, but the actual game itself for me falls flat of that price range um and i i would agree that it's kind of seems like they're trying to do that eagle griffin deluxe box uh and for me this one just doesn't hit that mark so uh, i'm coming in at a three as well it's a game that i would play uh, but I'm definitely not seeking it out myself, and I, I wouldn't buy it. Okay. There we go. There you have it. That is our review of Coffee Traders from Capstone Games and Andre Spiel and Rolf Sagel. Uh, it's time again. It's time again for a look back, right? Punchboard Paradise look back. Previous we still plays. do those? Yeah, I think those? we do. Uh, and this what, what game is it, Chad? Uh, I think it's it, it might be our uh, one and only 18xx review. <laughs> uh, it will be oh. our one and only 18xx <laughs> oh, <no>. review. <laughs> uh, I also, I'll never say never at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richie will though. That's okay. 
Uh, so 20 years. One day we apologize to Chad for 18XX. I'm, I'm done. I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> he won't. I if agree. I'm, I agree. If I'm there done. is a day that I have to apologize to Chad for we're saying We're going to need I this like time it. back to yeah. just to play 18XX if all of a sudden we love it. That's true. And we don't <laughs> have time. Yeah, we won't have time for the podcast. I, I totally agree. I <laughs> just have this like a year later, Richie's like, Chad, you were right. I'm sorry. He sets down his headphones. And he, leaves. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks yeah. off into the sun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Uh, well, so yeah, so 20 years ago, we played and reviewed 18 Chesapeake from All Aboard Games and Scott Peterson. Gentlemen, do you remember what you gave 18 Chesapeake? Yeah, since Richie just read it to me, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were all shocked by a score. Shocked. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I gave it a four. What does a four mean in the punch board scale? I mean, usually fours you would you could potentially own. Yeah. Was yeah. I? Yeah. That was our was thing. Trying you to, could, well, you could own I was it. still buying 18XX games at that time, <laughs> yeah, if you remember true. right. Okay? That's right. I have, Did your last one get delivered? You're still waiting on a couple. Uh, I, I got a notification. It should be here shortly. The Ooh, 18 That's, uh, that's really tall. Me. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to open it and play it. I don't care. I'm going to force my Friday night group to play it. All right. Without me? I'm so sad. You can come. I'll All invite right. you. Okay. Um, anyways, so I gave it a four. You gave it right? a four. <laughs> like I said, at the time, I was trying, but let's be honest. 18XX is just, it's at this moment, it's not for me. I don't, I don't enjoy it. There's not anything in the game that, that brings me enjoyment. And I don't know why I've tried and I'm not saying, and, I, and I've told Chad, I've, I've been, I'm willing still to try. I think Richie said he's done completely, but I'm still willing to try because I still feel like there's something there that maybe I'm missing. I don't know. I don't know. But if I'm going to be honest, I mean, I don't have any desire to own this. I don't have any desire to play this. I would actively tell somebody no. And I mean, I remember the last time we played this, uh, what, about a year and a half ago with Dan and Brent and me and you. Was it just the four of us? I think so. Yeah, I was actively miserable. Um, and I'm sorry, Chad. I, oh, I, right. I apologize. I wish that I liked it better. Okay. I'm not going to go down to a one because I don't feel like that's fair. But I'm going to go to a two. I mean, that's we're talking my personal opinion. The game itself, I I don't know. I'm done talking. Richie, what, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, yes, I have retracted the I'll play at least one more 18XX. You, you've completely retracted I have, that. Okay. Joe's Pharaoh's face on that. <laughs> that was bad. 1822. I, I mean, and it wasn't. It was 1882. And I will tell you, like, you know, he... Again, bless him. And he said this later. He's like, I probably shouldn't have done that, you know, passive of a strategy, you know, at the beginning. Because I was like, yeah, I don't know if you want to do that thing. You won't be able to. Is he, he kind of like Richie where if you tell him not to do something or that's, you know. He'll no, like, not usually. I think because he was just like, okay, I'm going to try this. And I was okay. like, Wait, okay. uh, all right. All yeah. right. Yeah. So anyway, but, I so, mean, you had, yeah. in my opinion, one of the, the best groups to try a new like. To, yeah. to get into a system. Yeah. I mean, Corey, Jake, and Joe, yeah, they're yeah. all fast learners. They yeah. all play fast. They're, they're not, they don't get hung up on, True. you know, any, they'll just play you're and not worried about usually we'll just have it, a good time no matter well, what. Hey, Corey had a smile on his face Corey like, did. from ear to ear. That's true. Okay? No, so we got to give it, we can't say that it was all bad. Okay. But no, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. But I, I, I think I would have been miserable if I was at that table. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I would be miserable at any 18xx table. Not just because uh -oh. you know if Chad's putting it out there. Uh -oh. So uh -oh. it, thanks. Uh -oh. It's <laughs> appreciate that. Here we go. Uh, it's coming down to a one for me because <laughs> I I really don't Chad. see myself ever playing 18xx again. And it's not just because I I don't want to say sorry to Chad. I you know I'm perfectly fine saying sorry to Chad for a lot of games. Yeah. Um, soon Tricarion, I'm sure of it now because of clef well, but or tramways. tramways and tramways yeah yes. I'm, I'm telling yes. you you're gonna love tramways but uh, i just can't go down that 18xx road <sighs> fair enough it's a one for me i feel bad chad right now i really I don't, do chad I, has found I, so. he's found a group he's, he went to 18xx con he's got some yeah he's, he's got, got, got a got group some, in des moines he's only he's got to drive two hours, hours. two hours to, to get to lincoln's an hour away well yeah. you said you had a successful night the other night yeah so yeah that 18 ms uh it, like i said it's a really good way to introduce it i think I mean, but uh, oh, there, there was someone in slack that was like he's getting into 18x 18xx he's getting into war games, war games yeah. like the divorce or split might happen so, <laughs> <laughs> might have to might have to bust this podcast up yeah. we gotta get to 100 what are we doing <laughs> we're kidding hey, these are fair this Not is this is i mean you know to me it makes our podcast more rounded right you know yeah, i mean right. we, we all like different things i mean i like i said chad i truly feel bad that i wish that richie and i liked him more because right. we would love to but yeah I, I, Not I every game is for everybody we, yeah we can only can love what we love so anyway yep. so chad what do you now give 18? well i feel like i need <laughs> to get you know Put it higher, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to be honest and say so. Chesapeake is hard. It's wavering between a four and a five. Not because I like Chesapeake less, but it, because I've played more 18xx now. You've found other games yeah. that you like better. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a solid. Um, I will say what is really fun is there's a off the rails variant for Chesapeake to make it a little bit harder edged once you get more uh, used to the system, and that's using the stock track, which has more steep ledges in. 1882 and using less trains so that makes it a little bit more cutthroat and i i actually would love to play it that way you know what i think my favorite part still is richie is as chad is explaining him he says these things like steeper ledges and stuff yeah, and i just he gets into i just the look jargon. at him and, and smile at him going I don't know what you're talking about, but that's yeah. awesome, Chad. All right, continue. <laughs> anyway, I, I will probably give this a four. Uh, I still like it. It's definitely staying in my collection. I have a really nice insert for it that holds everything and lets me get it out really quick. And uh, But I just think that there are other games that I'm more excited to play now, so it, it comes down a little bit. But anytime somebody says to me, you want to play 18xx, uh, I'm like, hey, yeah, what's your name? And... Uh, <laughs> Can so we be friends? Anybody, yeah. anybody yeah, exactly. in the area, if yeah. you want to play 18xx, please call Chad. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, so let's let's see what our punch bunch had to say about it. We have uh, people from all over the map here. Yeah, let's I'll, do that. I'll read the first one. Uh, so the first one, John Rice. His handle, by the way, is Buckeye Mini Me. But John Rice says, "I played at two, four, and gulp." Six. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it at two, as that player count is never ideal in 18xx. Four was good for what it is, which is a beginner game. It's no, it's better than no 18xx at all, but wouldn't be something I would suggest unless everyone was new to the series. I would still pick it before suggesting 1889, but that's just my preference. By the way, I will never play at six players again. Overall, I give it a four on the punch board scale, and I think that's probably where I'm at. Okay. Well, I have a. Uh... Gabrielle Perez here, and he says, I have played two live games and 21 games on 18xx. I think the game is very good to great. 
the live games were at three, but on the, I'm assuming, website, 18xx. Dot games, yep, yeah. Okay, I have played mostly four to five. I think it is a very good intro to something like 1889 because it has a little bit more bite uh, to oh, it. Oh, excuse me. He's saying that that one has a little more bite to Chessie uh, for, for that one. But if I had to compare it to its big brother, which is 1830, I would go with 18 Chesapeake because it feels less complicated. I wish I could give it a six. But I do prefer other 18xx games over this one. But I would play this game again if someone wanted to play it. And I do own it. So he's giving it a five. So there you go. All right. All right. And actually, and Chad, when you put this up, I, I could tell that you were a little worried that this forum post would go south on you. But <laughs> honestly, it's for the most part pretty positive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Joe Farrell is the only one that put something that uh, was negative. Yeah. I'll go ahead and read it just because just to, you know, give us the, <laughs> yeah, balance, yeah, it balance, yeah. balance it all out. Uh, so uh, Joe Farrow said, I've played three 18xx games uh, once each, and with each one, I find myself liking the system less and less. I find the stock rounds really interesting, but the operating rounds hopelessly dull, and even the so-called short games feel so overly long. The interesting decisions that occasionally arise are buried in so much drudgery that they never feel worthwhile. 18 Chesapeake was the game I enjoyed least of the three I've tried, so it's a one on the punch board scale for him. And then really small on the bottom, he wrote, Chad, can we still be friends, please? <laughs> <laughs> but with it kind of being an intro, and especially now that you've kind of explored 18xx games, it, it makes sense that that's probably not a great one, Like it, right. since it's more of an entryway right. game for, for most people. So. Yeah, and he said, I mean, he said, like, he enjoyed that least of the games that he's tried. Right. So, and I mean, he, he enjoyed it less than the face, one that yeah. you saw his face in. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't even want to see what that face yeah. looks like. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. anyway, like I said, it, it's basically uh, it has the same catchphrase as, uh, as the Nebraska as the Nebraska State phrase. 18xx, it's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> look at board game geek right all right you guys ready for number 90 yeah yeah hey richie can you give me a preview of what the bgg top 100 music is is like oh what what, 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 could you just hum a little bit of it Hmm. did i even put music the last time i don't know i I don't know either if you did put music what would it sound like probably gonna be that seinfeld (laughs) (laughs) knock off seinfeld song (laughs) okay i thought maybe it'd be Working nine to five. <laughs> Trying to get in Dolly Parton again. Yeah, there you go. Uh, number 90 yeah. is a game that was just played a couple of weekends ago at that little uh, mini retreat we had. Did you play it? No. There's what? a nice neoprene mat that goes with it. Yeah, that is very true, but I still want the game. I like want to like the game before I want the mat. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rising Sun by Mr. Eric Lang. Yeah, we've all played it. Yep. I played it with Chad, I think, my first play of yep. it was. Yeah, I played it once. It's it seems like... Beautiful yeah, playmat. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely beautiful playmat. Yeah, it Beautiful playmat ruined by a bunch of way, way too big miniatures on the... Oh, but those miniatures, miniatures are beautiful if you love miniatures. Yeah, That's if you love amazing. miniatures, it's great miniatures. You guys, I'm sure it's great. It was- now, the game itself is... It's in a... I think because Mason and the boys were playing with Josh, and mm-hmm. they kind of said the same thing where... Actually, when you start playing the game, like it's extremely light and it almost goes a little too quick for what it is. Hmm. But 
I don't remember it going quick, but I felt like even at, at a game that I felt like was going to be a Richie game, I felt like there was opportunities for negotiation. You know, this was sort of like, okay, well, this is this is my version of diplomacy, you know, sort of thing. I think somebody said that. I don't know if it was Eric Lang or, but I, it just didn't feel like it it achieved that design goal if that was the focus. I, I just remember playing five players and I remember two players paired up right away and two other paired people paired up and I was by myself and I just felt like I then had no chance to recover. Now, that's a first play and obviously I don't know what I'm doing, but and it just... Any Eric Lang gang, you really cannot take his first thoughts because usually right, you actively right. go into the game not liking it. not wanting well, to have a good plus, time. Plus, it but sounds I, like he I had like... It that was like, not the case for this one though. It does sound like too, mm -hmm. like it's like middle school dance flashbacks too. Like that, that is paired, true. Paired, too. Everyone paired up, and then and you're all like, by yourself. Yeah. And then, <laughs> all by <laughs> No, I, I, I understand. I, I get that. I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think there's chances for there to be table talk and stuff, but it just didn't achieve what I, what I kind of wanted it to be. I, I think I'd almost rather play Blood Rage, even though oh, it doesn't yeah, I do take, the same thing. I would take Blood Rage over. Yeah. But I'll, I'll, some people I'll, really love it. I'll take not playing it. Uh, I'd rate it. A, I'll give it a two because I don't remember me miserable. Uh, it's a three for me. Yeah, I'll give it a three. Uh, number 89 is Dominion Intrigue. But, I mean, I'm just going to say Dominion. We, do you I mean, just do it all just as Dominion? Dominion, yeah. And then, no, well, I like we're going to have to talk about it again. Yeah, we'll just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll say we've, you know, so. Um, I'm, so I'm assuming we've all played Dominion. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I like intrigue because intrigue Just is making sure Chad had never played Yahtzee. Told that me. is true. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> intrigue lets lets you mess with each other a little bit more. I feel yeah. Like. The and cards I, are a lot I more I think that that's that's a good point for Dominion. I mean, this is I mean groundbreaking. I mean, the game right. is, is groundbreaking. Right. Um, I've played it hundred times. I bet easily. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I've, I've, I, back in the day, I mean, that we were playing that all the time. Sure. Um, and you know it does. It's got great variability because obviously with all the expansions and stuff now, this one obviously saying intrigue. But um, you know nowadays, I mean, I would rather. I mean, I'm not a big deck builder fan, anyways. Sure. But I'm sure there's. You know, I'd rather play Clank or I'd rather play. Uh, you know, any of these other new type of deck builders that you do something besides just kind of deck build. But I mean, this in the pure form. I mean, this is yeah, and an important game for you know board gaming as a whole. But yeah. uh, I don't necessarily want to go back to it just because i think deck building is better when it's a part of something sure bigger. right so however i'll still say this if somebody right now came and said hey i've never played dominion and i'd really like to play it i'm not gonna say no to it and a lot of games yeah like, like, sure i mean i you know there's a lot of games that, that i'd be like i'd no, i do not want to play that again and with that Dominion, I would still say, okay, you know. Yeah, it's unoffensive. I'd, I'd probably play, I'd like to play it at two-player, just go, yeah. go a little bit a little faster. faster. That yeah. would be, that That would be what I'd say, is that because you can, if you get used to this game, you yeah. can chain long, long, long turns and right. siphon through your deck. But I, I still think, like, uh, I, we have it still. I would play it, you know, because my family likes deck builders, and it's something that if it's just two players, I'll get out and we'll play. And there's, with the different decks, there's that, it sort of can fulfill your, discovery if you're into that you know sure. like oh look at that that goes together with that and that was fun now we yeah. put it away you know all right rate it jet i give it a three still three for me i'll give it a three i'll give it a six for groundbreaking yeah, yeah, it's changes. on sure there it's on the mountain rushmore it could all easily right. be on the mountain rushmore there we go number 88 
Richie's favorite, Fister. Mombasa. Terrific, amazing game. Back when Fister made terrific, amazing games. <laughs> He's going to remake it. Uh, I, I actually am anxious for that because it, if you do think about it, I mean, oof, conflict diamonds and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of a yucky theme if they you say what the theme's gonna much. be yet or no i haven't heard yet but i mean obviously he's yeah i mean that is one maybe of the rabbits. reasons he's doing that maybe something with rabbits, <laughs> maybe something with rabbits. uh but i, I still Conflict really rabbits. like the mechanisms in this game love the mechanisms oh, in this game love it it's got worker placement it's got advancing on the those tracks yep. it's got the deck building of of really tough deck building where area you have to, control area control i mean there's just it's everything. Got everything it's it's great i mean i think i like it best at three Four gets a little, you I'll know. Four. To, I, I'm not saying I won't play four. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, what's yeah. best. That's the one I um, like. Two is a little, bleh, you know. Uh, certainly the expansion with the book track thing. Um, I was actually wanting to play it. I brought it the other yeah. day, and yeah, we didn't. You we know, just didn't get to it. It's tough to get to these old Euro games sometimes. But um, Richie, you rate it first. It's in my top ten, so it's a six for me. Solid wow. six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's a solid five for me. I'd probably give it a five if it wasn't for the theme, but uh, the theme maybe dings it to a four, but I'd, I'd play it. So yeah, it's a good game. Really good game. All right. Number 87, Trois. Yeah. I remember Trois. You remember Trois. I, remember I do. Trois. And for the ladies while, of Trois. For well. a while, uh, you guys really liked it. And uh, I was kind of like, uh, okay. Yeah. I, oh, I'm I, still high on Trois. So okay. you still like mm-hmm. it a lot. Good. I, I liked, I thought it was really cool. And then I remember one day, it might have been Richie even, who said, hey, you can get the Ladies of Trois for like 20 bucks at Walmart. And I was like, oh, (laughs) man. And I ordered it, and I got it. And I you know, got the box and everything, and I opened it up, and I put it into Trois, and I never played Trois again. So you're saying Richie (laughs) cursed you again? I don't know. That's the expansion curse that Dan's been talking about. Always cursing people. Uh, The expansion's not great. It's, That's what I've heard. Our friend Bryce says it takes away what he likes about the game. I like the the cards that come in, which are easy to just fold in. Those are fine, but it's the when you go around on the ramparts, which is just odd. It's an odd mechanism, um, and it doesn't really work that well. Yeah, I'd probably be just fine with just the purple dice, but then again, that does lose the the uh, right the, taking the other people's dice. Yeah. Away, yeah, it's not that I dislike this game. I just at some point just was like. Nah, I don't know. It just wasn't doing as much for me. The cards, I think, got a little boring to me because they were the same cards all the time, and then it just didn't. I and love that, the dice that mechanism. That helps with the expansion for sure. Yeah, well, the dice mechanism of, of trying to get the right dice and doing that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. The other part was not very interesting to me. What do so. you think about, really quick, what do you think about the fact in this game where you don't know somebody's goals do you like that or do you not like that some people come down on either side i like that part i like that actually yeah i like that because uh, you, you can try to guess what they're going right. for try to figure try out to what they're doing so they yeah well and, and, i mean and it's benefit you and yeah. benefit you yeah. as well yeah so yeah no i like that part yeah i think i do too uh i'm, I'm still gonna give this a four i love it still uh i still play it on uh bga so i'm coming in at a five i'm gonna give it a two i don't hate it it's just that i know that whenever it comes out i i usually try to suggest something else all right, and so for the last one for today, number 86, Eldritch Horror. I'm going to pass on speaking because I do not know anything whatsoever. I never played it. I just it. picked this no up because it was on. <laughs> it was on. Wow. Uh, I did not about, expect that to come I know. Up. He talks about me picking up games. That's There's not new stuff to buy. <laughs> <laughs> it was on sale for like 20 bucks. Yeah, and we, we play Mansions of Madness with the Stuckies all the time, so. 
Uh, this is something that could easily get is, played. Is that uh, what this is? It's kind of a Mansions of Madness type of game? Or? It's like it's Arkham Horror streamlined, kind of. But then they re-released Arkham Horror, which streamlined this. But it's the same, same you know, basic of, concept, okay. yes. Uh, but no, I have not gotten a chance to play it yet. It, oh, so you've it, not played no, it? No, it's sitting on the shelf. It? I have never played it. I don't really... I mean, I like Arkham Horror, the card game, okay. But I don't really like Cthulhu, as you know. Yeah, uh, I love mm -hmm. Love Lovecraft Country, but I don't really like Cthulhu. So uh, I, I'm not really interested in a cooperative game about Cthulhu. I would play with Richie Mansions of Madness if he wanted to, because that was kind of a fun little mystery type thing. But not really interested. All right. First a, one that we haven't been able yeah. to score. I'm yep. going to come in at a one. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would okay. say that's right for you. <laughs> you probably. <laughs> okay. Well, so speaking of things that I would give a one, uh, Clef has to defend uh, Concordia, I think, right? <laughs> wow. wow. This is not going to be an easy Enough. defense here if he's already saying it's a one. No, I was just saying your defense was. I haven't heard my defense yet, Judge. Come on now. <laughs> So Clef has Concordia. Yep. And Chad, in his pretty little dress, gets to do uh, Rococo. Thank you. Wow. See? Wow. I dressed up for court. So, <laughs> well, so this is our board court here. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. And unlike, mm -hmm. I want to point out the, the past two times that we've done this, yes. where we had biased, you know, yes. especially Chad last time was ridiculous. Okay. With coming out <laughs> you, you openly. Love, right, right. Yeah. You had no Even though. You yeah. know, if you look at my my top whatever, Concordia's on there, Clef's going to have to work for this. Oh, yeah. You can, he can't well, just... Because Rococo's not... F I mean, you love Rococo, I, too. I enjoy yeah. Rococo yeah, as well. So but you like both of these games. Yeah. So, that's... Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. You, okay. You right. do a little work. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, I'm going to start off with, first of all, when we did the poll of all the Punch Bunch saying what their favorite games were of all time... The number one game of the Punch Bunch is Concordia. So right there, Punch Bunch are pretty smart people. And so if they think that Concordia is the number one overall, right away that's got to show that a game has a lot of legs. It's not just a you know one-trick pony that certain people like. A lot of people like it. Because it is a very solid Euro game. You've got to get to certain spots on the board. The quicker you get there, the cheaper they are to build. So it's got a little bit of area control where you're trying to get into these different areas. Obviously, the more areas you get in when you take the one action, and I, I apologize, Judge, I don't remember all the actions' names, but you take the one action where you get to flip the the things in the, in the places and you get the, the coins and the resources. Prefect. Okay, Prefect. Yep, mm -hmm. I was about to be there. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you've got those wonderful, uh, you know, that, that, that wonderful mechanism of moving those to try to get to those. Um, and then I really like the fact that you have the waterways and the landways. So you kind of got a couple of different ways that you get to go. And then let's be honest, the coolest part about this game is the cards. You get to pick these cards and you get to, you know, first of all, you got your starting deck, but you get to improve your deck as you go along by picking up these other actions that are get better and better. But not only do they help your deck out, but they also then are how you're going to score victory points. So you can kind of, 
you know, every game you kind of can do something different to try to, uh, you know, to, to make your deck, but then that also helps you then win the game. And then you've got that wonderful rondelle of, Hey, you know, I'm going through my cards and at some point I got to play the, you know what card. Okay. And then when you play that, what you call card, you get to pick them all back up and then you get to start all over again, however you want which is honestly a very, very cool mechanism. Some people try to refer to this game as broccoli. That's just, let's go, let's come on now. This is at least a good carrot, all right? Okay, well, Concordia can, apparently got a public defender. and I, I can see his, uh, his acting skills. <laughs> yes, yes. It's very good. I'm actually impressed. All right, all right. well, let's hear about this crappy Rococo game. Oh, strike that from the record, please. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> I'm gonna let it stand. Yeah. <laughs> no, no bias here at all. Let's talk a little bit about Rococo. First of all, Rococo is should be lauded for the fact, the simple fact of there is no other game I can think of where you're a tailor. I mean, how many training in the Mediterranean games are there? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad game because the mechanisms are solid, but I'm just saying that's one point at least right there in Rococo's favor. This is a, a theme that is never done. Another thing that's very uh, fantastic is it is an area control game that actually works well with two players in the box. I'm not talking about expansion boards or anything else. I'm saying this board in this game, you can flip it over and you can play the two to three player side or you can play the four to five player side. All within this this box is a great uh, multiplayer experience of of uh, area control there. And I I feel like it shows. It shows in the crafting of of uh, Matthias Kramer's designs. Now he's he's designed so many different disparate mechanisms. Uh, we've got Lancaster, we've got Helvetia, we've got uh, Glenmore, all very different games, not just built on expounding upon one mechanism. And I think that, again, is a it, it shows through. You said that you liked uh, deck builders that do something different. This is a really interesting quirk to that, too, because you're constantly building your deck, not just to get you points, uh, but also to uh, unlock more mechanisms. But then you also have to be able to thin your deck. You have to do the make the hard decision of firing somebody. That's you know that's a really hard hard thing to do too. And so I think that this game does a lot of things very well, and it stands out as such. Uh, it is it has been sought after, and people have have wanted it enough to to reprint it and make it over into an even, well, depending on your aesthetic, an even more beautiful game. So I, I really think that if one of these games were to disappear from board gaming, we would be poorer for Rococo being gone in so many ways. All right, well, I, I got to be honest here. Oh, I'm not done. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's going on here? Have, well, I get a rebuttal, is, right? I get I, I can I can, can rebut I some of the things you said. <laughs> I would like first of all you get you get what? thirty seconds. Okay, have you ever heard of a game called Predaporter? It's about tailoring. So you said he said that was the only one. Okay, no, actually also, it is about the fashion. Like, uh, running a fashion. I am right now speaking. Can we okay? So there are other games that you're doing with fashion and threads and stuff. I just like to point that out. Mm -hmm. And then he said, oh well, you know, obviously you're saying Matt Gertz only does one thing. 
That's right. Matt Gertz does one thing really, really well. And that's what he does. And that's why Concordia is a better game than Rococo. Okay. So let's just put that on the table. And also say this Rococo got some weird little jewelry expansion that nobody even cares about. How many expansions has Concordia gotten? Why? Because it's a great game and people want to keep expanding and want to keep playing it more and more and having new experiences, including this cool team game where you get to play two on two. That's just absolutely amazing. So I've heard. All right. That's all I got. I'm done. Chad, I'll give you 30 seconds as well. Thank you. Uh, I would I would refute that because I would say that Preda Porter is about running a fashion company, not about tailoring. Uh, it, it is meant to be an economic game. And the other side of the coin here is that there was somebody when I owned the jewelry expansion who came over to my house and said, oh, I believe we actually have it on tape. Like, oh, I love this expansion. I would steal this from your house. I don't have it, but I would steal it. <laughs> That person is sitting at the table today. So if it's such a cruddy game, I don't know why that person would want to do that. But uh, well, we do have the evidence. I don't, do. I don't see any evidence. <laughs> I'm going to talk to Joe Farrell and ask him to rewind the tape. But I would just say that uh, it doesn't need a lot of expansions. It does what it does. It knows what it wants to be. Uh, Matthias Kramer knows what he wants it to be. And he has since moved on and designed other games like Watergate and uh, other really great games. So... Chad's talked about like 80 games during his defense for Coco here. I'd just like to point out. All right. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready to rule. Okay. Clef, you're lucky you you pushed in with your rebuttal because you were, I mean, you were way down I, low. I, I needed a little work up. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, you spent yeah. the first the first part of your defense was just saying people like it. That's it. Well, I mean, <laughs> That's what you kept saying. Yeah, people like it. <laughs> a lot of people like it. Well, all a right. lot of different all people right. like it. All right. Um, yeah. So I mean Oof, you, you you still lost, what? but <laughs> <laughs> you still lost because you could tell that you don't really know what you're talking about <laughs> at all about Concordia <sighs> and your defense really didn't hold up. But I would agree with you that it is the better game overall and the team version is fantastic. Yeah, now, Maybe now, one of my favorite ways to play. Now Concordia. that I'm done, wow, it's a cool. Please, yes. please, a crap, and I love Rococo much, much better. <laughs> <laughs> so fantastic job, Chad. That was uh, a, a good so defense much. for Rococo. Thanks so much. Uh, whatever. Well, <laughs> I, I, it looks like Clef- a, part of this is cheating because he likes Rococo, so he knows the game. <laughs> okay, okay. That was a little bit. Well, yeah, I uh, think I got to pick two games again. Yeah, you do because <laughs> if uh, I Clef and I. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's just see. I Hold looked, on. I looked. It's well, still one percentage. How point. long ago did you look? There might Just be about something. fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, well, maybe in fifteen minutes, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so our last draft, which was uh, Q through T, uh, was a close one. It really came down to the wire here, and uh, I, I did pull out the win with thirty-eight point six percent of the vote. Clef came in second with thirty-six point eight percent of the vote, and Chad not far behind with twenty-four point six percent of the vote. It was a good good spread yeah, for was all very, of us. Very close, yeah. So I got to pick uh, another two games here. So I'm going to go. I'm going to give you a game. I think you still like it. I'm pretty sure you still own it. <laughs> Who knows what new Clef is like? <laughs> I'm going <laughs> I'm to go two player games because I've been playing some two player games here recently, and I just got the upgraded bits for one of these games. Cool. So it's on top of my head. I'm going to give you Clef Seven Wonders Duel. Okay. Okay. Chad, I'm going to give you Targi. Oh. Okay. So the you know two okay. solid two player games that have some expansions that do some fun things as well. So okay, okay. that's gonna be the next one. Right okay. on. Maybe come prepared this time, Clef, would you? 
Oh, oh but I kept forgetting and oh, didn't do no. anything. <laughs> I uh, spent like a half an hour today on writing up folks. my overview for coffee traders here, oh, right? Yeah. So. Uh, Richie, that was that was just really entertaining. Uh, you know what? This is a heck of an episode. I hope. So you- wait a minute. Does that mean I have to play Concordia five times? Five times. <laughs> That's right. Or buy it. Okay. You can buy it. I will play my first time after you play your first game of Navigador. I've already played three. I played three online. Doesn't count. Does not count. <laughs> it does count. Does not count. <laughs> hey, we need a ruling. Concordia has a new app coming out, so you can play it. It's on already that. out. It just came out yesterday. Yeah, how about that, buddy? No, I'm not buying hey, a hey, Concordia look, here's, app. Here, here's, here's my olive branch to you. I'll play that g- app with you online. How about that? I, no, I will play my five <laughs> games in person on a table with real pieces. Okay. I'm going to have to call Joe Farrell and Joe Freustad to get some games in. All right. (laughs) right, I'll join that. We can do the team. (sighs) Well, all right. All right. right, Listen, Punch Bunch, uh, I hope you got something out of this episode. (laughs) 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 But regardless, we are are really pleased and happy to have you as listeners. So please, please take care of yourselves and take care of each other. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. There's coffee traders. Anything I missed? <laughs> did either one of you listen to me? I did. No, I did not. Thank you, Richie, for being honest. <laughs> Actually, Chad, I believe you. You didn't listen to me either. <laughs> you did listen to me. Okay. So 